Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to another episode of Endurance Chat. Welcome to Season 7. That's right, we are now in our seventh year of doing this, and by howdy, what a ride it has been. I'm Michael Zalavari, joining me for the first intimate hour of 2022, Austin Zetsman, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, Austin. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty swell. It has been a very interesting start to the new year, but it's also been a very news-packed start to the new year in the world of sports cars. How about you? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to the new year in motorsport, but uh, yeah, a lot to uh, look forward to in sports cars and to look forward to in the next couple of years. So I feel like we say that a lot, but uh, this is right at the cusp of a lot of crazy new changes and new uh, new directions. Yeah. So. Lots to look forward to. I, I feel like after the last few seasons where we've been kind of gr- looking for things to grasp onto to say things will get better, at light, there's light at the end of the tunnel now. We can kind of see see what's going to happen soon. And one of the things that has happened is uh, the dropping of the Season 10, the WEC Season 10 entry list, which happened within the last 24 hours. I don't want to say like today or yesterday because it's different for everyone. Uh, but within the last 24 hours, we've had the Season 10 entry list. And we're going to go through that and give a bit of a preview for Season 10. But before that, we've got to say thank you to the theracingline.app, your motorsport calendar, for supporting us again for this year. And they've been very, very good to us uh, with their sponsorship over the last 12 months. So it's great to have them on board again. Check out the theracingline.app on the iOS store and the Android store uh, to set up your your motorsport calendar for the year because there's gonna it's a big it's a big year it's gonna be packed with a lot of stuff and it'll help you keep on top of the time zone changes and the event changes and the delay changes and all the changes uh and yeah make it super easy and i've been using it it helps me not mess up the time zones when i make up a race thread and that makes me very very happy yeah and then when somebody gets the time wrong uh inevitably online at an online forum you can immediately um actually with the correct uh with the correct time uh using the app yeah, you know, then feel feel good about it. You know, absolutely. Uh, they've been they've been really really good. So get on them to uh, continue their support of us and continue supporting them. So thank you, Cookie. Season ten, season ten. Can you believe that it's been ten seasons of the WEC? It feels like it's gone past in a flash. So, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll say that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like half of it has been a a weird kind of. Um, still trying to feel out where it's at kind of thing or in in a weird limbo state so i don't know i would say the middle half went by really quick yeah i'll just there you go yeah fair (laughs) enough the beginning and the end were definitely interesting i I mean the beginning was really crazy just because they were like well we don't know what to do so we'll just throw them all at sebring and give them like eight classes to race in and oh god you know hopefully nobody kills themselves there that was nuts but don't uh, remind me please (laughs) i mean it is a. Uh, it's been a, it's been ten years. So look how far it has come. Absolutely, I mean, if you want to talk about that. And like on that note as well, uh, as we said, the entry list dropped yesterday within the last twenty four hours. Um, and thirty nine cars. That is the largest full season entry list that the WC has had. That's that's huge, and it's been bolstered by uh, huge numbers in the AM classes. So fifteen cars in LMP two, fifteen cars in LMP two, and thirteen cars in GTE AM. Uh, looking at the distribution of cars, we'll go through it in a bit more detail into each of the classes in a moment. But distribution of cars, w- w- just first thoughts. What are you most excited to see? LMP two. LMP two. Why is that? Yeah. Uh, the amount of uh entries in there it's a single make series essentially and uh 
um, a lot of uh, different storylines uh, and expectations. Um, just like there's there's really for LMP2, there's uh, the podium one, two, three, and that's it. And I think that there's quite a bit of teams like I would almost say half of the teams are expecting that they would probably either win or make podium in a lot of these races. Um, and so I just feel like it's probably going to be the most, it's probably going to be one of the most competitive prototype fields that I, I know of outside of like EOMS and that kind of stuff, just from the, um, future LMH entries and factory efforts that basically have their, um, racing teams preparing themselves for next year in 2024. So I mean, there's just this weird kind of convergence of those kind of entries along with some really, really solid stalwart LMP2 entries. And um, yeah, I just think that it's uh, it's going to be pretty nuts this year, um, like it is in any other year. But I think this year is just going to have that much more because you just have that much more competition. So yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll delve more explicitly into LMP2, but like just quickly, the quality of drivers almost... It looks like, just as a as a look, almost half of the field has some sort of LMP1 or uh, Formula F2, 1. F2, F3. Yeah, or F2, yeah, F3, F2, F3. Or IndyCar. Champion. It's just... Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Crazy. It's, it's so it's so nice. We'll go, we'll go from the top. We'll, we'll leave LMP2 for a little bit. We'll go from the top. Um, Luan Hypercar, the, uh, the six-car field has been uh, sort of revealed. Um, so we've got... All the entries from last year, except for Glickenhaus, which has been cut down to one full-time entry. But Peugeot have made the list. Peugeot are on the full-season entry list. So uh, the big storylines, that, that is, of course, the biggest storyline. Um, they've only got two of their drivers listed in each of the cars. Uh, Peugeot are back. The Lions are back, Cookie. Yeah, um, I would also. I mean, it would it it would just seem odd to me that they would make the entry list and not make Le Mans at this point. Yeah, but, I mean, stranger things could happen. There could be some some delay that hits, but to see them on the entry list like this on the season entry list, um, you know, I, I think that that's telling. I it, like, I, I would say because they're on this list, I it, I would be hard pressed to not believe until I see something otherwise that they're that they're going to be at Le Mans. Like they are, they're not going to be at Le Mans. They should be at Le Mans this year. So that's at least what that's telling me. Um, because yeah, like I could see where some, there can be a little bit of issues with the whole by Coles thing, but I, I think, I, I don't know there, that's definitely something to talk about between the, the, the differences between those two and probably why one didn't get it. And obviously the other did, but, um, yeah. that doesn't have to do with them being French, but, <laughs> uh, um, maybe, yeah, maybe no, just a little. like, yeah, maybe a little bit, but. No, I mean, like, this is the start of things to come. I mean, I, I don't know what next year is going to be like with Ferrari and with it, some of the other LMDH teams. Like, are we going to see some of this stuff getting, you know, coming online mid-season? Or, you know, like, because we really haven't heard anything too much about Ferrari's entry next mm. year. Like, if that, you know, what their plan of action is for this year. To, so are they going to be ready for Sebring next year? So, you know, I this this to me i guess if you were wanting a, a like a response for Peugeot entering would at this point would be like this is definitely going to be things to come like yeah. we're just going to keep seeing this stuff every year I hope so, so which is going to be great i like <laughs> I, I i agree with you the indication is that if they're on the full season entry list they will at least make lamar and it would be a, a pretty massive faux pas for them to not make lamar uh they're running with numbers 93 and 94 what do you reckon about that i didn't even think about it but 
<laughs> I mean, because because ninety three and ninety four to me is weird. like that's that's like the Porsche extra numbers for GTE Pro at Lamar. Well, they won a ninety two and ninety three, right? Uh, I mean, that would make sense. That was their last two wins in at Lamar. Yeah, but of course, so the I don't know why was, they did ninety three, ninety four. Because the ninety two was, of course, the other Porsche. Was was that the other Porsche? I thought ninety two. Uh, I thought ninety two was the was the Peugeot. No, no, sorry. So, uh, in the WC entry list, ninety one and ninety two were yes. the Porsche GT team. So they oh, they can't get okay. ninety two and ninety three. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. I got you. Sorry. All right. Now, now I'm understand what you're saying. <laughs> It's like what is it? like I don't know what you're trying to get with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I guess I. I'm not sure. Like I guess until they explain themselves. Um. Uh, I guess that's that's what they're going for. Unless yeah, they're doing the whole like you know nine x eight thing and well, this is if it's version of doing if that. it's nine x eight, what's nine times eight? It's seventy two. Why aren't they number seventy two? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would actually be kind of hilarious. Yeah, that would be actually pretty hilarious if they did that, <laughs> or like yeah, or did some some number with that, or like um, do one and and uh, or like seventeen and seventy two, like nine plus, like just turn yeah. it slightly and that's a plus. <laughs> so it's uh, like seventy seventeen and seventy two. You're like this is a math equation. It's like yeah, thanks Peugeot. Like appreciate it, Mister really? Lion. Um, I, don't, I have no idea why they're doing ninety three ninety four, but I would be interested to know what they're. They, I'm sure there's some corporate, like, five-minute speech about why they're 93-94, but I don't know. Uh, list of drivers in those cars at the moment. Paul Dressa, Laurent Duval. We know that Kevin Magnussen will be in one of those cars. Uh, Mikkel Jensen will be in one of those cars. I'm trying to remember the other names, so I'm going just straight off of memory here. Um, uh, Gustavo They'll Menezes. Are uh, wing in those cars? Uh, well, we don't know. We don't know yet whether they're not going to. They're going to be a rear wing. We've seen uh, pictures of their shakedown, but we they were very explicit to block out the rear of that car. So who knows what that car is going to look like? But we do know at least it's on the full season entry for the year. Other stories in LMH. Um, Alpine continuing with the uh, the. A480, the LMP1 car. So that's still a thing that's happening, I guess. Glickenhaus down to one car. Do you think that's a good uh, a good plan for Glickenhaus? I'm sure they'll get the nod to have two at, at Le Mans. So this is just honoring the WC wanting them to run the full season or whatever pushback yeah. pressure there was from him not wanting to or committing to it at the end of last year. So, um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> this is... and. <sighs> And this is where it's like I you, I think if there were more privateer entries like this, this wouldn't be as much of a even discussion kind of thing, because ultimately like this is it's a privateer yeah. effort. Like, you know, it's not like I was expecting much from Wickenhaus, um, in terms of like overall competitiveness and all that. And it has been very nice to see all kinds of new stuff and like the process of how they like set the like just the behind the scenes stuff for that has been really awesome to see for just from a sports car standpoint um but the it's you know he's not like a Elon Musk or something in yeah. terms of like SpaceX reinventing the you know how to get to space something like that like they're not they're not going to they're not doing this to basically best Toyota at their own game with you know less funds like he's not like in this to win it there the, a lot of this is just this is a pride piece and it's also just, a, you know, like it is a com- competitive way and to try to win, but it's like, he's doing a lot of this from a political standpoint and like kind of, and doing a lot of him and hawing instead of just like constant work with it. So 
I don't know. My expectations for the, the program, I think, were hopeful. But at this point, it's just like, as long as he keeps showing up there and they keep logging laps, like, the car is going to get better. And yeah. maybe they'll they'll sell the car or, like, a team will pick it up and it'll start to produce some actual results. But, I mean, until then, I'm very thankful that they're here. So And, 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 uh, and considering how close the LMP2 field is to the LMH field, if they can consistently finish above the LMP2 field, like, that's that's a win. That's a significant win. That's, yeah, that's, close, I mean, and, that's closest than some overall battles we would have had in seasons past. Yeah, and I think that's... That's really where I'm. I'm looking for them to, you know, just just from like a moral victory or a small victory for the for this year. Because yeah, I mean, it's it's clear that they just. I mean, even if um, you know, there was somehow monetary, you know, there wasn't this gap monetary wise <laughs> um, from the spending, like just the amount of effort that Jim's willing to put to try to like to just to try to win a race or like to try to like really compete in this championship is is just not as as good as you need it to be in order to actually compete against Toyota the factories, and Peugeot yeah. and out. Al- yeah. So, you know, like I, even against, I feel like, um, a Pescarolo, like he wouldn't be able to beat a Pescarolo. Like Pescarolo would wipe him off the floor. Ooh. So, Ooh. I mean, I, that's, that's just, but I mean, but, but I think Pescarolo is severely underwritten just because they had to go against Audi. Like, yeah, the guy knew how to set cars up. He just, at the end of it, they just had terrible cars. Like, those cars were as bad as by coals or worse. Like they, they just never worked well, but like in that sweet spot, they were good. Um, yeah, They were good. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I like if, like I said, if there were more privateer entries, I think he would be at the kind of the bottom of the list of that, but it would just be like a, this is what privateer entries look like. This is how they operate. And yeah. right now it's just glaring. Cause he's the only one doing yeah. this. And everybody's like, why are you not the Beating best? Toyota, like, why yeah. are you not? Right, you know, why are you not spending 18 hours a day constantly trying to work on this car? Because you see him going off and doing a bunch of other stuff, and I think, you know... So, uh, this is a weird tangent, <laughs> I guess. We'll I mean, uh, we, we expect I, this. Yeah, but I, I just... I, I don't know. I feel like that's fine, mm. and as long as he can... You know, as long as there's there's blood flowing in that uh, program, you know, f- uh, up until Le Mans this year, and just to keep it going, I think that will do that will do them well, and probably will do the championship well too at, at some point. But nice, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I would have actually thought that they were going to be on the entry list this year. I oh, that's that's surprising. I I'm I was always expecting them to be there. I was pretty sure that it was going to be one car. So to hear that you were umming and ahhing about whether or not they'd be there at all is a bit of a surprise. You you don't homologate a, fi- a car for five years and run it in three races. Is my Look, thought. it's sports car. It's that's sports true. Racing. People can do absolutely insane things and somehow, like, not lose a job or anything. Or I don't know. They're, like every every everything can be explained away as it's sports car like, racing. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, other privateers, the elephant or rather barbecue in the room is by collars. Uh, they there were articles floating around that they had applied for a full season entry and that they had paid the entry fee. Um, however, they have not made it onto the full season entry list. Now, very briefly, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I do believe this is, uh, we're in the time where it's not required to go to Lamar. 
uh, or be on the full season entry list for WC to have a, I mean, you would get an automatic invite yeah. to Le Mans, but you don't necessarily have to be running the full season anymore. I know that was a requirement, but I think that's now gone, right? Yeah, I, for LMP1 cars, you had to run the full season in order to be given a Le Mans slot, effectively. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you so I just, think yeah. for me, I'm I'm going to wait until the mob entry list comes out in March. Okay. Or whenever that is. So, I cuz ultimately the like Peugeot clearly has a rolling chassis. They're already doing testing on it. They've already done sure, shakedowns. they need to get yeah. it homologated. Yeah, they've done shakedowns on it. Who knows? They they're, you know, there could have been even more miles on it that we don't know of. So, um, you know, and that that car there's actual substance to it. So, um yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I where, just feel like it's, whereas we're still a little bit unknown with bike holes and I, I don't know. I mean, there's gotta be a reason why they didn't, they got rejected and it's just something I, I, maybe that it didn't fit right or whatnot. I don't, I also don't know what the logistics are in terms of, because clearly this is more entries than we've had before. So mm. does this mean there's an extra plane involved? And so 39 is a cap because of the amount of freight that they can haul, or is there like, or the amount of garages? One? Yeah. Yeah, or is uh, it bound by gar- garages, or is it is it strictly bound by freight, or like how they transport these things? So there's only now like they added an extra plane, so they've added four extra slots or something. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I I, like, wonder, I don't know the logistics with that, but the, yeah, it is it is weird that Peugeot got it and they didn't. So. Well, I, I'm not I'm not so sure that it is weird. Now, and like as much as I love bicolors for the memes, um, I'm not I haven't really ever been a big fan of the the organization, how how the team and driver and car package is put together. Um, as yeah, they've not ever really finished a race without having problems. And like after four or five seasons of competing, you, you kind of there hasn't ever been an indication that they have a reason to exist beyond lol. It's a meme. Look, it's on fire. And I I think because of that, because of the fact that there isn't a chassis, because of the fact there isn't a wind tunnel test that's been done and like that's like base camp in order to get a a car compete competitive and you know get it homologators you know do wind tunnel testing have a model have something have something give us something and beyond a render by Collis hasn't given us anything so like except for what's his face the driver that they have signed that showed us a picture of him in the cockpit and then a, a wheel but that's been it so yeah exactly so that that's the sort of thing like they they do not inspire confidence um and as much as it's uh you know low by collars sort of thing um i would rather they not be on the entry list if they're going to be in the garage the whole time well, we also don't even know the the process for the application. Yeah. So they they could have paid their fee, put the application in, but if they don't, you know, if they don't, if they can't submit four pages of paperwork because they don't have the car to physically be able to fill that paperwork out, then like, you know, it, not to say that it got rejected that way, but it, it's just kind of like you have to pass that bar of expectation or like uh, where the committee's at for this, and if that application is basically like, yeah, we don't have, you know, the specs are not locked in and we don't really have they're in between this and this. Like Peugeot's not homologated, yes, but they have a they have a, a they have a chassis. chassis. They have a chassis that is done in shakedowns. They have, they a, have a car. They have right. a car. And 
that's not homologated, but they can also give specifications and they can basically be like, hey, look, this is what we're giving you. It's not homologated yet, but we're not expecting at all for it to be any different, you know, in terms yeah. of two to three inches this way or, you know, well, centimeters I mean, this way or whatever. On, so on that note as well, uh, yeah. Toyota's, or Toyota's car wasn't homologated until the prologue last year and they got two entries and like that was exactly fine because they had proven that they had a car that it was going to be there and that all the ducks were in a row. They were just dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And I don't get that same uh, confidence from Bicola. No. Yeah. No. And and that's the thing too is, again, like this is for a full season WC entry. So, you know, if there's the if there's a caveat that they really want to go to Le Mans and this is the only way for them to get to Le Mans, then yeah, this is, this is soul-crushing for their aspirations to do it for this year. But, you know, Bicola's has somehow stuck around for essentially a decade as that we've been talking about even um, longer they they were WC. running they were running uh audi r8 lms's in like 2007 and six which yeah. is wild so i mean like if if somehow glickenhaus didn't get a nod for the full season entry then i'd be like oh this is you know like that's yeah. death now kind of stuff but for this is like all right fine and maybe the acl were like okay well now you got a you got a car and you're, you're okay you'll have a homologated by spa you know you won't be able to get it entered there, but I, honestly, I don't. I don't see them being allowed into Le Mans. And I, I it would probably then be off of like dispensation to start racing after Le Mans and do a couple rounds to get yourself involved. Because mm. it just, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that. You know, they're they're actually like they're doing it on their own time. But that's the problem here is that like they have to meet certain deadlines in order for them to be able to do stuff in this calendar year. And it's clear they didn't hit that goal yet, which is look, that stuff happens. Like we've been we've 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 both sat in these chairs and, and, you know, talked to death about how like, oh, we got to hope that this new program, you know, gets enough testing in and and uh, R&D done in time before they get it, you know, for the first round because they, you know, this stuff happens. So. I don't know. It's it it's, it appears to be much of a more big bigger deal than I think both of us think it is. But like I don't know. I just it, it's the, it, the is, reaction... it is odd that there's not necessarily an explanation between the yeah. both of them being like that. But it's very understandable as to why Bicols probably did not get the invite. Yeah, because it's Bicols. And and the the reaction in the the like the threads around the entry list actually honestly surprised me. I was surprised that there was that much outcry. Um. I, I guess it's a fan favorite. I mean, it's a fan favorite. But man. but why? But why? It's, it's it's a car that's always it's look. It's just like it's it's like the pluckable loser, man. I mean, if a car is constantly going to be on fire or always breaking down, having problems, never doing anything. Right, oh, so it's the Mazda like, DPI. Okay, I get it. Yeah, cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Brilliant. I mean, look that had that had a huge <laughs> like. Are you kidding me? Like everybody that wasn't a Mazda DPI <laughs> hater was a huge fan of them winning Petite. Sorry, there's uh, Johan in the live chat has just re- responded. Oh come on, <laughs> <laughs> brilliant! And, uh, and like, yeah, okay, that like absolutely that's an unfair comparison because that program did end up yielding results. But that's the thing, like Bicolas just hasn't. Um, I want to move on quickly because we still have a lot to get through and we're already 20 minutes into this podcast and we've already t- we talked so much about six cars. We've got so many more cars to go. Um, LMP2, there is huge quality in this field. 15 cars, all the Morica 07s, which is at this stage of the development cycle, unsurprising. Um, we have 
so many returning teams, like Rick and Mule Racing is back, two cars from United Autosport, G-Drive returned to the, the WEC for the first time in five seasons, Jota Sport back with two cars, WRT are back with two cars, one is the 31 that they ran last year, they're also running the real team car from last year, which was run by TDS, so they're, they're running that car now, um, ARC Bratislava's back, into Europol is back. Um, there's new entries from Team Penske, from Prema, from Vector Sport, and from Ultimate, a team that's run a lot of LMP3 machinery in the past. AF Corsa jump in with the number 83, facilitating Francois Perotto, who was last year's GTE AM champion. There is so much going on in this class, Cookie. Where do you want to start? Uh, we can do the newcomers. Let's okay. Let's do the newcomers, and I am entirely unsurprised that you've said that because the first one on the list is Team Penske. Hot damn! Uh, not surprising, uh, considering their uh, aspirations to do WC, but uh, and that they've done this before. But yeah, it's um, it's finally a year where that we're starting to see the um, the kind of beginnings of the Porsche program coming together for LMDH. Absolutely. Uh, so. Penske, of course, are running the uh, LMDH program in both uh, for Porsche in both the WC and in IMSA competition. Uh, so this is basically their dress rehearsal season. They've got Dane Cameron, uh, Manuel Collard, and Felipe Nasser. So Collard was the... Uh, where's Collard been recently? He used to drive with Francois Perotto, but he's uh, stepped away from that for a little while. He's got a... Yeah, he was a former Porsche. I mean, he drove the Spider. Yeah. Back in the day with Penske. And and like even prior to that, didn't he used to drive a, like a factory Porsche in in a like for a while? Um but yeah. he's uh, yeah. He, big fat big time factory uh, Porsche driver for a while. So but then went LMP2 driving. So he's he's got a lot of clout behind him. Then you pair it up with Felipe Nasser, former F1 driver Felipe Nasser, and uh mm-hmm. uh Dane Cameron who's been tearing things up in the states. With Penske, of course, for a for a first attempt at LMP2 proper, that's a a, a freaking scary scary driver lineup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one is going to be um yeah intense. <laughs> like I, like I feel like that's going to be just a lot of this uh a lot of this uh entry like a you know fifteen fifteen car entry for LMP2 is is pretty high, and then just to look at all these entries is just kind of nuts. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, just to round off on Collard, he has uh, two class wins at Le Mans um, and has been competing at Le Mans as far back as 1995. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's he's just turned 50, which means that he is a confirmed silver driver, regardless of his experience. And uh, like he that is that is just a, a ridiculous amount of experience. So that's that's Team Penske. You then have. Uh, two of the other newcomers competing in the overall LMP2 class, um, Prema Orland team, which is being run, I believe, by Iron Lynx. So that's the actual, like, uh, crew. Um, and they've got Robert Kubica, Louis Daly-Traz, and Lorenzo Colombo, which is a name I'm not familiar with. Uh, and then just after that, you've got Vector Sport, which is a British-based team with Nico Mueller, uh, Ryan Cullen as the silver driver, and Sebastian Bourdais. Uh, just in in yeah. those two cars, you have two uh, former Formula One drivers, uh, a former LMP1 driver in Delhi Traz, because I think he was with uh, did a few races with Janetta, uh, and like Nico Mueller is a, a pro platinum rated driver. I believe he has raced Porsches. 
at some point? I think oh, so, yes. Contracted to then, the LMDH. I, <clears throat> so, um, like, and just to, I mean, just to build off your point too, I mean, not to mention drivers, but we also like technically, uh, you know, I know the number nine is, is serviced by another, but Prima is a, is a formula, um, uh, racing team, formula two team as well. So yeah. like you're seeing, you know, you're seeing more infusion from like different, different, um, you know, disciplines, I would almost say of just like, the management too it's just not just like okay well let's see let's see a driver doing double duty from like you know a one-off standpoint helping out sports car team um you know for one event but now we're seeing like teams themselves branching into sports car racing as like just an ownership group or just like you know it being having a team there now competing with the same name so um you know and that it, to me that that that's what stood out to me too just to see um a lot of the the racing team names is that you know there's 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 more names that are coming around in lmp2 that aren't just like who are these people or yeah. like you know hardcore prototype sports car fans know them only like you're like oh prima okay like i you've kind of known them from other places as well so i think that was uh that was something that stood out to me too looking at the entry list absolutely and uh colombo and uh cullen who are in those two cars cullen's actually got a fair bit of lmp2 experience he's been racing with um uh united autosports in uh in lmp2 a few seasons ago uh he won a race uh well he won the daytona uh 24 hours in lmp2 with dragon speed so he's got a uh experience in that regard uh lorenzo colombo is an a former three driver as well so again not just uh I think that might even be a Prema. Well, I mean, clearly it's a Prema Formula Three driver, but uh, he's been pulled across with the team into sports cars, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he raced for Campos. Uh, Johan is saying so uh, okay. in that in that similar sort of family, but not quite in that same uh, team. <laughs> uh, yeah. The other newcomer to the class is uh ultimate which is running in the pro am category we'll talk a bit more about the pro am category at the end of the podcast or the end of this section ultimate have been running a lot of uh lower class um efforts so things like uh lmp3 in the european le mans series i think they just stepped up to lmp2 in the lms not too long ago and this is the, pretty much their normal driver lineup in that respect they've got uh jean baptiste lahay and matteo lahay who are the uh the two drivers for ultimate in those competitions and then uh francois hero uh as the bronze which puts them in the prime category uh a, a triple am lineup uh what are your expectations for them? Uh, stay out of everybody else's way. <laughs> uh, um, no, I mean the Lahays are, you know, they're. It's not like they're completely unknown. Um, and yeah, <laughs> uh, it's definitely a, a very am-sided um, affair. I, I, I would say, at least with that, with at least the pro am lineups, I'm saying it's very much a, an am affair well it which is the, should it, be interesting too it is the only um only car on the entry list that is fully amateur in terms of the um the lmp2 yeah, field. no golds or, or yeah, platinums yeah exactly um so i'm just trying to have a quick look uh they raced with this driver lineup in lmp2 in the european le mans series last year um for a lot of for most of the rounds and they ended up finishing uh down in 12th 
with a best result of fifth, which they took twice in the early part of the championship. So uh, I wonder um, if this is them trying to confirm themselves a Le Mans invite, because uh, something I want to touch on a bit later is that there's not going to be a lot of Le Mans invites going around. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tight for quite a few people considering the amount of uh, entries that are already granted for this. Um, I don't think there's going to be any more additional um, garages built this year or that'll no. be open this year, right? So it'll be 62 once again. So that's going to be a very slim margin. Uh, so yeah. the La Hayes have booked their spot to Le Mans and they can't get uh, sh- uh, shafted for the- from that. So uh, they've yeah that's what they've done so uh, I mean it's good good to see another team trying to make that jump into the WEC um, especially a team as sort of small uh, like that has worked their way through the ACO ladder so hopefully they do well yes yeah definitely pulling for them especially anything like in that AM setting is is that it's <laughs> in that in in that class too like you're just like you're you're really fast but then at the same time like like all this is brand new and this is a yeah. lot to take in. So, and for just how, how pro like um, this, this season is probably going to be in terms of the field strength. Um, you know, that's going to be a tall. That's going to, I would, I would not want to uh, start my first season in WC this year. If I was am, that's for sure. Yeah. It's going to be a, a baptism of fire uh, in that respect. Um, shall we talk about the other two pro-am cars in the three car pro-am class? Sure. Uh, the other two cars are the returning ARC Bratislava car. So that is Miroslav Konopka. Uh, and now this time he's with Matthias Besch, who's a gold rated driver um, that we've seen in Rebellion in the past and a few other things. And a Dutch driver by the name of... Uh, and we're going to get this wrong. So to all the Dutch fans listening in the audience, I firm, formally apologize. Um, uh, Tymon van der Helm, I believe is how you say that. Uh, so... This is a silver-rated driver. I've not come across this driver before, but he is also racing with a team at the 24 Hours of Daytona coming up. Uh, so uh, we'll see. We'll see how he goes there. Um, ASC Bratislava, they've moved on from the Ligier into the Orica. Apparently, they didn't know that they were going to be on the entry list until it formally got announced. Uh, what are your thoughts on having them back for another season? Uh, good. I mean, um, you know, it's it's just good to have, um, you know, some variety just from a nationality standpoint. So yeah. um, just to see them um, be there. I mean, there's just there's not too many of the, <laughs> uh, race teams coming from that area. Yeah, at, not too many race all. teams from Slovakia. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, it's it's great to see them on the lineup just in any way. Um, and, you know, this is a, it's a solid um i think it's it, it's a solid continuation of what they were starting uh from last year especially for how rocky that was when they you know because they were trying with the Ligier. so yeah um and that were really and yeah and um vanderhelm's a f3 i think stalwart and i believe so yeah it should it um i, I wouldn't be surprised if they like add some really good performances in the pro-am category i mean maybe you know they play the cards right they might have a decent show for P2, but I don't know. It just seems like most of the pro entries this year are, not, are just going to be fighting amongst themselves for the most yeah. part. Well, but, um, uh, that's this a, is a solid lineup to take. That, that's the thing. There's there's three cars in the pro category. You've got the ultimate car, which is a trio of amateurs, so two silver drivers and a bronze. You've got ASC Bratislava, which is Konopka as the bronze, a gold driver and a silver driver. And then you have AF Corsa, uh, which is 
the port of the championship-winning GTE AM car, uh, which has Francois Perotto, Nicholas Nielsen, and Alessio Rivera. So this is the same driver lineup as I had in GTE AM last year. The reason that they are not in GTE AM is because Alessio Rivera, who was a silver-rated driver that legitimately broke the entire system last season, has now been operated to gold. So uh, <laughs> that means that... Um, they can't be in GTM with that driver lineup. So Francois Perotto has decided to take it to LMP2. And you've got to say, out of the three Pro-Am driver lineups, that is easily the strongest. Oh, for sure. By far and away, it's the strongest. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, and uh, I mean, yeah, just looking at the driver lineups themselves, even if you just look at the driver ratings, you'd be like, okay, well, that's probably good. But no, the they have very, very good drivers. All, hmm. all three of them are solid. Um, and yeah, that that does not surprise me. Um, if it would not surprise me if they easily take pro am, um, and then also do maybe potentially decently well um, in the fight with the other ones. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I, as much as I'd love to see that, as much as I, it would absolutely tickle me. The problem is the overall category for LMP two is ridiculous not just the four the, yeah, the teams ridiculous. that we've gone through for that are jumping in like team penske like premier like vector who are like bringing in former f1 talent you have the return of united autosports with two cars phil hansen felipe albuquerque will owen as one of their driver lineups uh and then on the other hand you've got alex lynn uh oliver jarvis and joshua pearson i, I want to put a pin in pearson and come back to that because that is an, a really interesting story g driver returning you've got james allen Rene binder and i'm possibly probably guessing that's going to be uh uh i've forgotten his name entirely uh the angry russian guy uh roman rusinov uh yeah. poss- possibly rusinov or it could be someone like a Jov van Oetert, who we don't haven't seen on the entry list uh yet um joda sport have returned with the mighty 38 gonzalez de costa and will stevens replacing alex davidson uh after his retirement and that's basically a like for like switch lmp2 uh experience formula one experience is going to give you a, an amazing amount of flexibility with how you set up your strategy their second car is super interesting though oliver rasmussen is the silver edward jones gold rated and then jonathan aberdeen as a gold rated driver as well who i believe was in the united camp prior um and like and then that's not even the half of it you've got wrt returning sean galeo is the silver in that driver now we haven't seen the other two drivers for that uh, project yet uh into europol are back smikowski is the bronze uh, is the silver rather and you've got alex brundle and esteban gutierrez uh who's a former yeah. f1 driver it's just you look through this field and it's just star power everywhere you look yeah it is and then you have 41 too like yeah. we'll we'll find out that one will probably be more uh, an am entry but um you know it you're almost kind of waiting for another shoe to drop which just you know if they, there's still some blank areas on here that can be filled out with drivers you're just half expecting to see some other formula one um name come up there or you know something from indycar or something like that so well like yeah it's if you look it's, at it's a lot if yeah absolutely if you look at the drivers that were the stalwarts of last season that don't have drives like where is job van Oeter? where is charles melesi uh, where is uh andrea pizzatola where you know where are these guys um the lms i mean certainly but you would expect to see them in the the overall or the 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 big show the wec the as well yeah 
Um, yeah, and unless that um, there's these, you know, and there there can be these weird underlying deals that are going on, even from, from factories and um, uh, entries too, for like, okay, well, we're gonna potentially look at this driver, and we're you know um, to drive for us, but we need him to be driving an LMP2 and do this all this stuff. So some of these signings could just literally be because these drivers need to get seat time in LMP2 or in some prototype before. Yeah. Before running in um in lmdh or lmh next year so you know like i and i say that because we still don't really have a clear picture of these driver lineups for ferrari or for audi and porsche like they're not all filled out yet for what, yeah. who's driving what so like a lot of this could be jockeying too behind the scenes that we're just seeing it on the on paper um that could be just setting them up so that they actually get some more drive time experience for next year so yeah yeah yeah, this is uh, extraordinary for the driver lineups for these guys. Absolutely, you just look at the amount of like former F one talent is just uh, that's in this field, and uh, the the young up and coming guys who have jumped over from the Formula One feeder series into WEC. It's just it's just remarkable. Like you know, whereabouts is Franco Colapinto? Is he going to land a drive? I hope so because he was incredible last year. And uh, Robin Freins, Nick DeFries, where are these guys going to end up? Are they going to end up in the WEC? Uh, it's it's. Uh, all a weird jigsaw puzzle that we're trying to work out um and there's a few slots still open so two seats at richard mill racing um uh one of them has been filled by uh lilu wado who's a driver a, a female driver i've not heard of before um but she seemed to uh drum up a fair bit of uh interest when the name got dropped uh yesterday well on the entry list have you heard yeah, of, have then- you heard of her before no, did not ring a bell for me either. But um, yeah, and I did see some mentions of her, but um, it 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 kind of did not surprise me at all either. Um, just from that entry has been trying to find, you know, and usually trying to give opportunities for uh, women drivers. So just the fact that there was another one that was that was going to be in that car didn't really surprise me. But yeah, I don't I don't know a ton about her. I, I don't think she could be in the W series at all last year, did she? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. Driver DB doesn't have her competing in the W series. She was driving, according to Driver DB, she was driving in the uh, Alpine Elf Europa Cup, which is an interesting transition. Yeah, she finished third in that, I guess. And yeah, and yeah, but, and the but it's it's bad. Yeah, go ahead. And, and the Porsche Sprint Challenge as well. Um, she actually won that race at Le Mans. Mm. So there you go. So, so she, yeah, she does and, come I mean, from something. I mean, that entry is what backed by the uh, what is it, the FIA Women's in Motorsport Initiative or something like that. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I again, uh, women entries in that are not are not surprised to me. It's more like what's their background, or if you haven't heard of them, um, like not like a Jamie Chadwick or something like that. The, um, like where you know where what's their repertoire? So yeah, yeah, I yeah, I. I I would expect to probably see more household names than that on the other two entries for that, but I probably also expect them to be girls if not if they can't get filled out with boys. Well, the <laughs> the um the rumor that I've been seeing has been that it will be uh Bateskavisa and uh Charles Malesi. So Malesi will step over from uh, the WIT car to pilot that machine. Oh, 
yeah. So so we'll we'll see we'll see how that uh, shakes out. Uh, the the other interesting thing for me is uh, two drivers to fill in at WRT. Uh, well, actually, four drivers to fill in at WRT. So um, Galel has made the jump, and that kind of leaves the rest of the driver lineups in a bit of well flux because uh you know last year wrt were the elms and wc champions they had an impressive battery of drivers across both cars you know you had um robin fryans ferdinand hatsburg uh and uh yifaye and uh louis delatraz robert kibitzer so delatraz and kibitzer have moved on to another team but you know there's still seats there um to be taken uh as impressive as WRT have been, do you think that they can attract the the drivers to make them a world beater once again? Surely, um, surely, yes. I mean, it's WRT, so they're most likely going to be doing this off the basis that they're going to be, you know, taking delivery of Audis next year. That's true. Um, so I would expect to see, you know, some drivers from their eventual pro lineup with LMDHs that are going to be coming. So that would be what my thought process would be. Um, but Hey, I mean, they could, they could pull something crazy out where they're just, they're just driving. You know, they're just showing everybody like, Oh no, we're just a weird, uh, you know, basic LMB two team guys. Don't worry about us. And then I don't know. Like I, yeah, I, I would expect there to be way more, um, way more talent to be um, announced for these two entries for sure. Um, because yeah, it's WRT. They're not. <laughs> um, they're not. They're not. I, I don't think not they would want to waste this. Yeah, they yeah. wouldn't want to waste this. Just be like, okay, well, we'll just we'll we'll take we'll take um, some paid drivers this year and and do whatever. Like there, there's a reason why they're here. So that's okay. my thought with that. On that note, then, fifteen cars in this field. Give us your top three. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot because there's not a lot of drivers. Oh, well, there's still some drivers left to come. But give us your top three. Uh, I mean, the 38 oh. is hard to say no to. That's true. Um, so I'll probably say 38's in there. Um, and I, uh, I'll probably go with the 22. United Autosports, Hanson, Albuquerque, yeah. Will Owen. Yeah. And then probably, probably Penske, maybe. Dan Cameron, yeah, I mean, and Felipe it's from what I can see now. I mean, yeah, I like. I want to say from WRT that standpoint. Yeah, the number thirty-one probably. If Galil's in there as a silver, like they're gonna put two pros in there, so that probably is gonna be just insane. Yeah, but for how difficult it's been to actually repeat as champions in LMP two and WC, I mean, like I guess it can happen anytime, and that is more <laughs> of a statistic, but. That also does not bold well at all for that for that uh, number. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, just before we finish up on LMP two, uh, I did say that I wanted to go back and mention Joshua Pearson. So he is the new silver driver for United Autosports. He's jumping in the twenty three car alongside Alex Lynn and Oliver Jarvis, which are two big names in prototypes. Uh, he is fifteen years old. Cookie, what were you doing as a fifteen year old? Um, I was doing lots of stupid shit. <laughs> yep. Not doing that. Watching this, uh, uh, watching that on the TV. That's what I was doing. I was watching lots of sports car racing. No, uh, but no, I, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, wasn't, uh, Phil Anson 
pretty young too, 17 or something I think, like that, I think 16 when he was in there. I think he started as a 16-year-old. There was a, a trend yeah. for a little while where Phil Hansen and Julian Anlau were the equal youngest driver in the field because they were born on the same day. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's remarkable that they can find these guys. Apparently he's done Road to Indy uh, and... Uh, He's just been plucked from the absolute nether and just been dropped into a possible championship winning organization. Like that's a huge, uh, a huge mark of intent um, for United, saying that we expect this guy to be able to win us champion champions championship. Well, I mean, too, this might just be because I, I might also look at it this way from. Um... Uh, United Auto Sports also just being affiliated in loosely with McLaren and now their IndyCar team too. So, you know, a lot, just even you saying that he came from um, Road to Indy, you know, there's a lot of that just of, well, we want, you know, if he is in the next four to five years going to be driving IndyCars for McLaren Aero, um, you know, for him to have a progression of just different experience doing different stuff and to constantly keep doing other things. So if he was wiping the floor a little bit, maybe last year doing well in Road to Indy, this would be an understandable upgrade for him to start doing this stuff and preoccupy him for a few years doing this, especially when, you know, essentially the IndyCar team has a total leg in to the driver lineups for, uh, you know, almost every single sports car, um, a championship uh, in the calendar season with uh, United Autosports. So, yeah. um, you got a lot of I options. think that's where we're seeing that wrinkle coming in too, where that the, we can also see this being a proven ground for potential IndyCar hopefuls for like some of these other teams that are on the and just in the other side of the garage of these sports car teams. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And interesting like- to note. The the United ladder has already produced a great driver in Phil Hansen. It's already given opportunities to likes of Job van Oetert and those sort of guys. So uh, uh, big shoes to fill, um, but uh, <laughs> but surely with Alex Lynn and Oliver Jarvis as your mentors, as your guys that you're learning from, he's going to get up to speed really, really quickly. Uh, so that's LMP2. Let's jump over to the GT side of things. Uh, GTE Pro to start with. We actually have an increase in car numbers uh, for GTE Pro. We've got the same four as last year, plus a Corvette for the full season. Cookie, the Corvettes, full season. Yay. Yay. America. Yay. Yay. Uh, the C8 has driven in the WC before. It did a wild card at Spa Francorchamps, if I recall correctly, last season. But they committed to a full season here. Tommy Milner and Nick Tandy as the drivers. Do you reckon Tandy is going to be uh, as kind to the Porsche team? Uh, or is he is he going to find that weird after winning Le Mans with Porsche? Um, he's going to find any interaction that exists uh, with Porsches that don't involve the core Autosport boys to be pleasurable so. <laughs> or, or pleasant he like i i don't know i mean like i don't i'm not i'm not i am not even remotely saying that there's, there's poor driving standards with porsche drivers but the amount of crazy stuff that those porsches in the in north america get into in uh in gtlm it's just remember when tandy was the like the linchpin of that was the whole like porsche drivers in, in gtlm are trash and then like Here's Tandy dumping people off the road. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But then they were, you know, but then a lot of that was happening this year, like, and just, 
like I swear to God, those Porsches just always seem to have weird. Like in the U.S. and GTLM, it was Porsche versus Corvette. Those Porsches always would seem to find their way into like touching the Corvettes all the time. So I don't know. There's just no touchy. Those, yeah, those those Porsches really just are, um, you know, they really take IMSA's uh, driving standards to a different level. But um, yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's Nick Tandy, so yeah. I'm sure he'll it'll be it'll be solid. And if there's anything on track, it'll just be a battle, and he'll just be driving away because it's Nick Tandy. So. Absolutely. Um, real talk about the Corvettes, though. Uh, what do you reckon? Uh, where do you reckon they're going to slot in with the BOP in the class? Because an automated BOP system, it we've seen with. Uh, new cars that it takes a while to dial in are they going to be properly dialed in by the end of this season or is this just a a bit of a waste of time that's a waste of time but what else are they going to do yeah yeah good point um two driver car uh, two drivers still to fill in at ferrari they've got alessandro pierguidi in the number 51 and miguel molina in the 52 last year those cars had james collado and uh, Daniel Sarah in each of those machines. Uh, who fills who fills the blanks? Um, the Ferrari LMH drivers. Ooh, there you go. Really, that's interesting. I mean, we're we're a year away. I feel like I I, I feel like uh, whoever they're putting in this is gonna have a pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I, I like. There's a chance that they might not be, but I mean, it, it would be shocking to me if the extra gaps in this lineup right now aren't filled with potential future Ferrari LMA drivers. Cause it's just uh, like it's GT pro. Um, I, I, I mean, I guess they have Corsa with their LMP two entry. So they're getting a little bit of experience doing that LMP two stuff, but um, I don't know. I, there, there's an aspect of team synergy and yeah. cohesiveness and whatnot. So you kind of, you kind of do want to get your driver's, uh, working together already so yeah i mean maybe saying every single one is a little bit hyperbole in terms of that they're yeah. gonna be on drivers but i would not be surprised if uh, a couple of those in the uh, yet to be named ferrari drivers turn out to be lmh drivers too for them so uh not gonna put your your hat in with any actual names not I'd, really. I, I'd love to, like, <laughs> not really. yeah yeah such a perfect fence sitter does your, did your butt ever get sore no, because 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 I can talk my ass off of it. So. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. Um, I'd love to see Comb Ledegar and Daniel Sarah uh be in those cars. I'd love to see Ledegar get a Ferrari, like a full season Ferrari factory drive. I, I that that would be such a a nice progression of his career so far. Is he Australian? Uh, no, he is French, but. He did win the Blank Pain Endurance Championship in 2016 with one Shane Van Gisbergen. So I've been tracking his career ever since. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, okay. You, uh, you, you seem very interested and motivated. So I thought there might be an Australian connection to this. So. I mean, there is a little bit. But like, also, he has had incredible one-lap pace. He took Hyperpole the first year that Hyperpole happened in the GTAM class. Um, he's, you know, made strides into a full-fledged Ferrari uh seat you know you don't you don't just get invited to run in the 51 for Lamar just because you're there you know he's he's certainly put strides in to be there and I'd love to see him get reward for that me too 
Only one other really notable notable change in the uh, GTE Pro lineups. Porsche uh, continue with uh, Bruni and Leitz in the number 91, but uh, Kevin Estra is now partnered with uh, GTE Pro stalwart uh, Michael Christensen uh, instead of Neil Jani uh, for this season. Well, uh, what, Any thoughts on that one? Um, not really too much. I, I think it's a good shakeup. I mean, sometimes I, I, I mean, there's times that shakeups don't work, but I think for this is, I think it's a good, a good mix up for him. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I think Johnny is a better prototype driver than he is a GT driver. And had Estra been paired with Christensen last season, they probably would have won the championship. Yeah. Neil just seems bored by GT driving at this point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's after, my take. After after no, Bahrain, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just my assumption, anyways. That when you're like, you know, when you drive the nine one nine, you kind of like want to keep driving the nine one nine or equivalent to that, and not necessarily want to drive GTS. And then with all the extra drama, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's my observation with no basis in any, any fact. So we don't talk about the Bahrains down in Africa. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Uh, GTM, uh, thirteen cars in GTM, and quite honestly, a surprising amount of carryover from last year. There's only been two changes in the uh, the class from last season. So. The AF Corsa number 83 has, of course, moved to LMP2, and that car has been backfilled by another AF Corsa car, number 21, um, Simon Mann, Christoph Ulrich, and Tony Vielander. I believe I've seen the names Christoph Ulrich and Simon Mann in the AM class of the SRO ladder before. So that's where my assumption of that comes from. Um, the other l- change is that Settler Racing uh, have decided to do the North American Championship over in IMSA, which makes me very, very sad because I love that blue Ferrari, uh, but I'll see him in IMSA anyway. Um, and they have been uh, replaced with a Spirit of Race Ferrari, which at the moment has two drivers in it, um, Frank Desertou, um, I believe I probably have butchered that entirely, but that's what it's spelt like. Um, who's Desertier? Um from Desertier, France, uh, who is a bronze-rated driver. Um, and Pierre Rags, uh, who we would be familiar from uh, various LMP2 teams. I believe last yep. season he drove with. Um, no, that's Lafargue. Uh, who did Rags drive with last year? Can we find uh, him? Uh, Signatech. He was he was with the uh, Alpine. The 470 in 2020. Okay, I yes. I don't. I don't think he was in anything last year. I don't believe you, but I'm gonna. I, I've got my Le Mans spotter guide up on the wall in front of me, and I'm trying to find him. I'll be one moment. Surely he was in something. It turns out he wasn't in anything. Look at that. Wow. This broken clock was right. <laughs> Twice a day. Um, Which surprised me because Pierre Eggs has been a, a, a notable half-decent silver driver. So I'm surprised that he wasn't. He just took a break, man. Yeah, exactly. He just took a break. Uh, so they're, they're the two major changes. Pretty much everything else is the same. Um, uh, How are you liking the GTM class? Yeah, I mean, it was solid last year. Um, you know, 13 entries this year is 
is a fantastic amount. Um, and, uh, you know, it's good to see um, a lot of GT uh, field for the full season for WC uh, filled up. And, you know, I would have loved to see more GT pros, but, you know, can't, beggars can't be choosers. But glad to see the rest of them go to GTM entries and just to still see the um, the strength of the AM, you know, a GTE AM field in general. So just with all the uh, uh, not so great news, you know, over the last couple of years surrounding the, the class, it's still good to see that, um, you know, the car quantity can be there and is there. Yeah, well, so. yeah, exactly. It's still 13 cars. It's 13 cars, which was the same as last season. And there's still quality within it. Um, Just been given a, a note under the table, effectively, um, that wow. Pierre Rags was doing a rally last year. He went in the Alpine uh, and did the World Rally Championship, which is pretty dope. Um, look, Cool looking car as well. I like that uh, A110. It reminds me of the the classic A110. Oh, well, sorry, the French Rally Championship, which is much less exciting. Um, Not too many names on the entry list uh, so we can't really glean a lot of information, but it's all the same teams from last year. So Ben Keating's listed in the TF Sport, Aston Martin, which I think is the second time he's run the same car in the same championship. Back, yeah. 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 Um, Thomas Floor with AF Corsa once again, Claudio Schiavone with Iron Lynx. Iron Dames have their own brand now, so they're actually entered as Iron Dames, which is pretty cool. Um, Rahel Frey's yeah. been listed in that car as a gold rated driver. That's pretty yeah, exciting. I saw that too. <laughs> yeah, because both yeah, her exactly because both her and Michelle Gatting were silver rated last season. Um, and it was always very clear when Frey was in the car because that car was a lot quicker when she was in it when the other drivers were in it. <laughs> yeah, and that that would it would get uh, it would get. A lot of people talking about it, especially too, as it was holding its own, um, you know, in the GTM category as well. Mm. Just just being able to compete as well against some gold, uh, some gold drivers. So yeah, that was refreshing to see. But yeah, a lot, a lot of the same um, uh, Satoshi's in the the D station yep. and uh, and Wayne yeah, Cairoli Ky- uh, and Team Project One. Yep, Christian Reed back with Dempsey Proton. Yeah, and the Dempsey Proton. Yeah, um, so. In fact, the only team that has its full list of drivers besides the AF course of number 21 that we went through earlier is the Northwest AMR, the Paul Dallalana machine. He's driving with David Pittard and the return of Nicky Team. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, the BAM uh, the BAM following will be pretty uh, happy with that. BAM! That's for sure. BAM. Um, David Pittard, <laughs> that's not a name that I'm familiar with. Have you seen anything like them? No, about them? About him, rather? Uh, British GT... Or VLN, maybe? Um, let's have a look. Uh, I'll, I'll say, I, I'm going to decide VLN. I'll say VLN. That's what I'm going to go with. So we're, we're on... Oh, you're, you're absolutely bang on. Uh, he was the uh, f- first in the 2020 uh, VLN uh, GT class. Uh, GT3 class. Uh, wow. Oh, okay. Did you, did you know that or did you straight no-scope it? No, I no, I I straight up no scopes. Yeah, so <laughs> well, so well because I went British GT, but I was like, well, I mean, it, I don't know, it could have been British GT, but no, I went, uh, yeah, because I, I, it could be VLN. You str- you straight up no scoped it. That's pretty impressive. Um, so yeah, he well, but I'll, he was driving that. with BMW back then. Okay, so yeah, all right. I don't uh, know. Maybe, maybe I like maybe I was like paying attention or something during something. <laughs> I, I, I what. I'd have not watched a lot of VLN races, but this year I 
been watching a decent amount. So I don't know. Maybe maybe something just kind of stuck in there. So it just osmosed into your memory. This broken clock is, is <laughs> too many times. You, 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 yeah, that's 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 oh, it's weird. You're not normally write so many times in a single podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's usually uh, yeah. We all, we usually have to rely on me being incorrect in order for actual information to be. Uh, well, isn't that isn't that the, isn't that the, the thing? Like, uh, what's the fastest way to get the right information on the internet? Post yeah, the wrong information. Exactly. I just yeah. say the wrong thing. Yeah. Right. I. Well, yeah. I just need to. I need to just say more people are taking breaks. Like, man, of God, <laughs> he's taking a break. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Jordan uh, Taylor, he'll take a break. Bill Oberlin, will he take a break? uh unless he yells at somebody i don't think he's saying great <laughs> brilliant uh so that's that's 39 cars 39 cars for the wec this season it's the largest entry list ever cookie the run-on effect of this is that come lamar you only have an additional 23 invites to be able to give out and some of them will be like betrothed to like the elms champions uh for lmp2 and lmp3 and gte and asian Le Mans series champions and imsa entries IMSA. so if you're not in the wec and winning these auto invites how are you gonna get an invite <laughs> you can't yeah i mean but that's but that's that's what I mean, in, in my opinion, that's what the WC was designed for. It was designed to basically like create a more like consistent way or method of like these events being hosted without necessarily like having you know the last third or quarter of the grid filled with complete wild cards like up until like a few weeks before the race. And I, to one degree, I absolutely miss that, and I wish that that would come back where. You know, we just had fly out, fly by night, just entries of like, where the hell did they come from? And they're never going to do anything outside of like, you know, break down at one in the morning on Mulsanne, um, you know, with a seized gearbox or something like that. But at least they like showed up there and you're like, OK, that's cool. And yeah, that's just the spirit of Le Mans. But um, I think uh, I mean, in just an extremely hyper corporate world right now that we have, it's it is way more reassuring to people in investments and in um in projected plans for action for these kind of things to like have you know actual specific plans in place and all this other stuff to actually get these entries rolling yeah. and um so i think that this is just ultimately like this is where i think everybody you know the, the aco and the fi were wanting this to go is is for it to be the- well, there's really no- nothing we can do. Like this is this is how this works. You essentially have to be in these championships and or do this or do that, and then you know that will let you in instead of it being like this. Oh well, you know, like please let us in. Please, let, like we, you know, we've done submitted X Y Z, and you know, and then for it all to be like this, like nitpicking kind of a- after after the fact of like, oh well, they didn't they didn't enter these guys. They you know they took these guys over these guys, like. It just looks like this is where they're going is from like a automated standpoint where like yeah. these entries are not really done anymore of like a invite standpoint. It's more like you're invited based on the internal mechanisms of the championships we have set up. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's it's turned the WC into the pinnacle of the ACO ladder. Uh, here's a quick note, uh, just quickly. Uh, there are... 39 cars in the WEC field. So we're, we're assuming, we're making the assumption that every single car on that entry list will be at Lamar. And like, I think that's a fairly safe, a fairly safe assumption. Um, there are 15 automatic invites given out uh, by the ACO already. 
So if you tally that together, you've got then 54 cars 54. already confirmed. That's eight slots left. Eight. Yeah. So that's, that's one presumably going to Glicken House. Um, and then a Garage 56. An, if there's a Garage 56. Garage 56. Maybe a, a second Corvette if they want to do that. You know, but then, and that's, and that's where I'm saying is just like, we, we're already now down to that where it's, you're we're assuming the nods are going to go to these pro pro teams which they probably are if anything they're going to try to do pro entries first um and then you know leaving literally nothing barely anything left you know and and like you you'd expect of those remaining slots like panos would probably get one sr20 like graph would probably get one duquesne might get one uh yep because just because you know they're they're based in france um, and then, like, you start to grab at straws if you want to race at Le Mans and you're not in this, uh, winning these championships. It's it's pretty damn yeah. cutthroat. It puts a precedent out that you basically have to be in competing in these things in order to um, viably have a shot. And that, and and again, it's just this. This feels like it makes it a whole lot easier on the on the on the admin side of it to that you're not having to do all this cutthroat politicking and whatnot on the back end, like. The politicking is done now out on the track and on the results and whether or not you can just get a gain entry, you know, uh, four or five months before Le Mans at this point, it, you know, and that's that's the standard now. And instead of it being like, OK, well, will we see them be homologated weeks before Le Mans and have a special dispensation for allowance that they are in? Like, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot more things now that are in place from a safety standpoint, which is as an administrative safety standpoint yeah. to like prevent egg on face moments. So I, I, you know, this, none of this is surprising to me and I, you know, it's probably for the best that it's done like this. Um, but I do, it, it does cut out a bit of the, the older spirit of them all that hmm. I think a lot, a lot of people remember, or at least. Oh, of like the Gary yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be super duper cutthroat. And it's all the more surprising to me then why teams like, Settler and Racing Team Netherlands have left the WEC. Uh, I, I guess maybe they've done Le Mans once or twice or a few times now when they think it's time for a break. But like, and Dragon Speed as well. But like, damn, if if I was a sports car driver and I saw that, you know, I've got a possibility of winning one of maybe eight entries if I don't win a championship, I'd be making trying my damnedest to get into the WEC. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, we only see three pro am entries. Um, I, I don't have any, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not Graham Goodwin on this. So I don't know if there was other, in, you know, interest for more pro am LMP2 entries that didn't get in because there was already the pro LMP2 entries, you know, that were already that we saw essentially on the entry list that were there already. So, um, you know, that's something to be to know as it, mm. I guess to take up note as well is just like how much have the FIA ACO have already picked through some of the LMP2, you know, um, entries for WC that we didn't, you know, get to see. Cause there's no like reserve entry list for W for full-time WC. Like there is Lamont. Yeah. So, you know, we don't really get to see who was rejected, but I, you Beyond know, like I said, calls. I mean, every, everything is more cutthroat. So you yeah. just getting in on these lists is more cutthroat. And again, it would not surprise me either that dragon, at Dragon Speed or something like that, they're like, "Oh, we got a pro M effort," and they're like, "Well, we don't really have any more slots considering who's who already put their application in or whatnot." So, and honestly, it's just 
you know, this this problem is gonna is what the FIACA wanted. They wanted they wanted to have too many too many people with cars and you know interested in entering them. So, uh, and they've done a good I mean, job. It's a, it's a yeah, it's a good problem to have at least for them. Yeah, absolutely, and like. It absolutely shows the sort of strength of the ACO ladder, even if we are still in a transitional period for the overall. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're going to round out our chat on the Season 10 uh, preview and all the information that we have by talking a bit about the calendar. Now, we mentioned a bit the calendar a bit when it was first released, but we're just going to go through in a little bit more detail now. Um, it is a six-round calendar. Six-round calendar. So we kick off with the prologue in March at Sebring, followed by the 1,000 Miles of Sebring. Then it's into Europe with uh, six hours of Spa-Francorchamps as the curtain raiser to the Le Mans 24. That's going to be in May. Le Mans is back back on its traditional second weekend in uh, June date. Uh, Then from Le Mans, we go to Monza in the peak of summer, uh, over to Fuji in September, and then finishing off in Bahrain. Now, it's only six rounds. Uh, It's been a long time since we've had a season be so short from the outset uh do you think cookie that uh yeah what are your thoughts what are your thoughts i should just ask you what your thoughts are instead of trying to lead you to your thoughts what are my thoughts what What are are your thoughts thoughts? uh yeah i mean this is an entry list uh for the wc and uh it exists it's a calendar um yeah it is it is a calendar it has six dates on it um no i mean i i think it is foolish. I, I, I don't want to say foolish. Uh, I think it's easy to want to have more rounds because, you know, r- more rounds equal just, I don't know, more prestige or more events or more interest, whatnot. So I think there's always that aspect of just grow, 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 grow. Um, and I would I would disagree that F1's calendar right now is, uh, is, is, is perfect with more rounds. I honestly would rather it be like 17, 18 rounds, something like that, mm. 16 rounds a year. Um, I think 20 over like 20 and over is too much for F1. So, um, but there was definitely was a time where I would not say that. And, um, and then I would want more rounds, but I think for where it's at right now, I think six is fine. Um, I would like to see seven or eight probably if I, if in a perfect world, but um, Perfect World also doesn't have any finances that are involved with this. So okay, um, logistically and all that stuff. I, yeah, and COVID. Uh, I don't know how much of that factored into that. But um, yeah, I mean, these are all solid rounds. I mean, the <clears throat> the lack of a UK round again is, is annoying, I'm sure, to quite a few people on the island. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, that's a whole other, you know, can of worms, I think, in terms of the COVID, uh, COVID and then also just other travel concerns with that. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's annoying to not still see a British round on there because I do think that that would, you know, that would make it more of a a complete um, international championship and also not to see uh, uh, Ka- uh, Kayami on there as well. Yeah. Um, I would love to see that. But that's more of like a, not necessarily a pipe dream, but... That's a, fan- yeah, that's a little bit farther down the road. Yeah, that's yeah. like a, the, the the fantasy sort of scenario. Well, because Kyle Army was listed uh, for twenty. For a brief leading yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, just just to round off that point, uh, six rounds has been the shortest championship that the WC as has had, um, and that was the case for last year as well. So last year had six rounds. Um, I I think the sweet spot for the WC is eight. I think nine is pushing it 
uh, a little bit. We had nine back in 2016, and that was incredible. Uh, we had it for 2017 as well. But like you, you look at you look at that that championship in 2017. We had Silverstone, Silverstone Spa, Le Mans, Nurburgring, Mexico, Kota, Fuji, Shanghai, and Bahrain. So that's that's a pretty widespread calendar, and it was kind of, uh, in my opinion, it was cool to have um, like races coming along like at around once a month or once every three to three to four weeks. I think that's sort of the sweet spot. It's very hard to sort of keep the momentum when you have like a two month break between Monza and Fuji and then like another two month break between Fuji and Bahrain. I get part of that is to do with freight and to do with the costs associated with freight, but it's yeah, it's pretty hard to to keep momentum together in that respect. Yeah. And that's a good point too. Um, and I'm sure that that did factor into it as well. And yeah, I would say probably around eight, eight or um, yeah, seven or eight rounds would probably be in the sweet spot for me too. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I would definitely be interested to to hear the, um, I guess thought process behind what where they're at like where where their heads at with this is yeah. six where they wanted or were they were they trying to get more and it just fell through and and whatnot but um i don't think that it'll stay six for next year i think it'll be higher than that next year, I, so. I hope so i hope so i hope we have more stability in the world and we are able to make decisions without the risk of things being cancelled um and i hope that we get to see a bit more of uh financial security in the teams and in the championship so that way we can do things like go to Kyle Army or go to Mexico or go to Australia. Come to the bend. Come to the bend. I want to come to the bend. I mean, do- dollars and cents standpoint, though, it's, I mean, it, it's it's about Toyota and Peugeot yeah. fighting for a championship. So um, the, the FIWC, ACL, they're going to be pushing as hard as they possibly can to get as many rounds as possible because that is going to be the biggest narrative that you will ever see in yeah. the last, like, five years. And then pushed by everybody. And then to, uh, to- it's for that. Yeah. To follow on from that as well, when you get the likes of Ferrari and uh, Audi and Porsche, like I wouldn't be surprised to see another round of the Nurburgring for the for the German uh, yeah. marketing capabilities. Um, mm-hmm. Looking at the calendar, what's the round that you're most excited for? We've got Sebring. Spa. Uh, spa. God, spa? No, Sebring. Se- no, it's, it's Sebring. I don't know why I said Spa. I think I was trying to say Sebring immediately, but then, then Spa you- was easier to say. <laughs> but no, Sebring. Yeah. Because uh, they've they've only been there once, and uh, last two years they've canceled. So um, you know they haven't been there in two years, and um, you know it's it is a terrible track for some people that have no taste in in motorsport. But, I feel like uh, that's a shot against me personally. I, I don't know why you would even say that. You know, I, <laughs> not everything's about you, Mike. Wow, it's just it's just not. Wow, not, not everything is a uh, is a shot across your bow. Let's wow, just, let's just put that. There. Damn. Okay, uh, but yeah, so uh, I yeah, I'm looking forward to Sebring. Nice, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and with the prologue being there too, that'll be. Uh, I think that's a good spot for it. I I, I wish more. Uh, I wish that was that was more of a thing that uh, the prologue was done at Sebring because it just it feels like if anything. Um, even for people that do not like the track, it's a great testing track. Well, absolutely. So. If you're going to batter a car, Sebring is the place where you will batter a car. Yeah, well, you don't want to deep fry it. Deep fry cars, though. Oh, my. Don't wanna... <laughs> Thank you for listening to Endurance Chat. I've been Michael Zellerberg. Peace out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, 
I for me, I'm I'm excited for for Monza. I mean, Lamar Lamar, of course, will be fantastic, but I'm I'm excited for Monza. Uh, it's it comes at a good time of year. It's gonna be super hot. Oh yeah, yeah it's gonna be so good. Uh, it'll be a nice distraction from the freezing cold weather of uh down. Oh, I mean, in relative terms of the down under winter. Um, I I hopefully Ferrari has something to show us there. Like if they have a rolling chassis at that point, that would be oh molto bene. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> Lots of positive eating that night. Absolutely. That oh, that'll be happy days. Um, and then, yeah, so I'm excited for that. Um, Cookies, 2022. Uh, there's a lot, mm-hmm. a lot going on. Um, we also saw within the last 24 hours, the Daytona 24 uh, entry list get revealed. 61 cars on that. Hot damn. Um, we'll delve into that in more detail a bit next week. But 61 cars. That's the biggest field IMS has had in a while. Yeah, I mean, usually it's uh, you know that that's reserved for like Sebring kind of thing where they're just like bring bring anything, bring a kitchen sink if it if it if it moves fast enough. So um, yeah, this is kind of like this is harkening back to days where yeah, you just you had an abundance of entries and they're like yeah, we'll we'll just we'll have them run. So I mean, yeah, sixty one is in an, is pretty high number and it, it it that's going back to Grand Am days. Yeah. So. That's gonna uh, be- and and the the lineups are nuts. So uh, me and Crystal will talk about them next week, and uh, hopefully we won't say stack too many times. But I feel like it, it, that's just going to be coming out every single. There's going to be a every single entry. Every single time you say stacked, I'm going to put the the Nurburgring Wallalola sound on it. Well, it's the it's a GT uh, it's a GTD Pro man. Yeah, I mean, that, like I- they just they they just keep sticking like like pro drivers everywhere i I don't know what to do like it's they're making this impossible to discuss because it's just like i just i don't know just just blindfold yourself throw a dart at the wall on a you know print out a big entry list sheet and then that's that's who's gonna win like it it, it's this is it's almost too hard to tell we might even we might even have to do that episode in two parts to get through 61 cars because there's no way that we're going to talk about a car every two minutes and keep it under two hours (laughs) Uh, well, yeah, that's true. We, uh, well, me and Chris keep it to about two and a half with the Nürburgring 24 entry list, but a lot of that is just taken up by me butchering the pronunciation. And, <laughs> and you can expect more of that this year. Way better. You can expect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, season seven for endurance chat. Um, we've got some cool things cooking away in the background um of course if you want to listen to our offshoot podcast myself my little project with kiwi um our our from the grandstands uh talking about the sport that we watch and uh the sort of things that we get excited about that aren't necessarily uh, endurance sports cars um there's been some more v8s news today so we'll talk about that uh in our next episode and i hope you guys have been enjoying that um cookie it's been a privilege to do this intimate hour with you once again hours but yes <laughs> not quite hours it's we've we've clocked in oh, about okay. 80 minutes which is really really good for us oh, wow that's really good yeah. I, I yeah these are usually like yeah we, we marathon him we so. we we certainly do i've i had i've got yeah. a leash on you now i know i know how to get you to to move forward oh, good good <laughs> i was worried i was worried for a while but no this is uh i mean you know it's it's a great entry list and there's a lot of positives to talk about and it's uh you know it's we're, we're finally yeah i mean on, on the other side of the hill yeah. Um, you know, and we're getting closer and closer to 2023, so and we're starting to see the, um, you know, the start of that now. Yeah, and if if we get to see a, a true battle between Peugeot and Toyota at the top of LMH, that is going to be 
that's going to make the wait well worth it. Um, thank you very much for listening. Thank you to the racingline.app for sponsoring us once again and keeping us going for 2022. And yeah, season seven, season seven of Endurance Chat. Thank you to everyone who's listened over the course of the last six years to keep this project something that we are invested in doing and something that has an audience. It's it's a very special thing to be able to interact with so many people through this platform and I, I thank everyone for that every single time we do it. And on that note, thank you very much for listening. I've been Michael Zalavari. Peace out! Yarrow10Gazoo! Yeah, I think honestly we'll just we'll just have some some crisis moments in this episode and just not really talk about sports cars. I think that's probably <laughs> uh, that might be helpful for us. Uh, well, because it's off season, so what else are we supposed to do? Oh, well, you know, I we mean, can't focus on motorsports, so we gotta you know start addressing the uh, the the crippling amounts of uh, mental health care that are needed for most. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, we go we're going very deep very early. Ah. Uh. Wow. Okay, I think we anyway, should... Anyway, this is... Uh, this is a Jurist Chat, ladies start. and gentlemen. Um, this is a start. How much of all that right, is even um, usable? How much of that is even none usable? Of that. I none don't of even know. None at all. Far no, out. See, we, 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 we start again at the, uh, at the, at the ad drop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. It's, it's, it's been a while, so I feel like I have to... I have to really completely destroy this in order for... <laughs> for me to feel comfortable so my word that's what i've done god damn it okay i think i'm just gonna start again i'm just gonna start again like mm. that's that's yeah that's we've, that's we've got that me. out of the way now we've gotten that out of the way we yeah i, I really didn't get to talk about anything sports car related no so no I'm we fresh. didn't